Hello, dear listener. Nice to see you again. We have a very exciting episode. And I know I say that every single time, but I promise it's exciting for different reasons every time. This time we have the wonderful Lucy Rogers. She is like the queen of Web3 NFTs for musicians just like you at the start of your career. She's worked with huge artists, but she's also worked with artists at the start and helped them get big. Money, music tech, building your fan base, smashing life. Mark's got an open mouth on the video cam. Oh, that sounds weird. Talk to me, Mark. Just because she's smashing it in so many different areas, though, she's successful as an entrepreneur, Mm. successful as a futurist, a strategist, a marketer, and responsible to a significant percentage for making it possible Mm. for one lucky human being out there to go shopping Mm. with H. Lucy, thank you for your time. We like to get straight in. We like to get straight into the value for musicians, musicians that start their career. You're in a very exciting, interesting position, I think, as a guest for us to share your insights because they're in a world that we haven't had too many guests on from. So right now, in this exciting new world, what do you think are the three things a musician at the start of their career, assuming they're good, assuming they're talented, should be doing to help set themselves up for this Web3 NFT new era of music tech? Yeah, of course. So I think number one is familiarizing yourself with how Web3 is. If you can get involved in communities, so for example, if you can go on to Sound is a really great platform for um, as uh, using as an example for this because they've built up a great community where they have active collectors. They do it really right. You can go on their Twitter spaces every week. You can see the new drops. You can see how the regular collectors are coming in. You can be interacting with them in, in Twitter spaces on Twitter and things like that. I'd say completely immerse yourself in exploring how Web3 has come about, is put together. It is all about community, so immerse yourself. That would be my top tip. I don't know if you want me to give you contacts what Web3 is in general, if your audience will know or not. What would be useful is like, yeah, have you worked out what's your definition of it that is accessible to a musician at the start of the career? So Web3 essentially is all about your community. It's about using a community, translating your audience into your community and you building together. So they're referring people in because they benefit from it. They love it. They're having their voices heard. They can um, potentially be interacting with what artwork you should be choosing or what song you should be putting out. And they feel like they're a part of your career. It's not kind of, this is my music and I just want you to buy it kind of thing. And yes, that translates over. But if you have them very, like from the very start, it's really interesting. I think Charlie XCX is a really good example of um, doing this over quarantine. And um, she did a whole, uh, even though it wasn't Web3, she did a whole album that just involved her community from start to finish. She was writing with them live. She was um, getting them to, to vote on artwork, which songs she should put out. And that's the kind of way that you can have um, your fan base growing that for you. So, yeah, my top tips would be immerse yourself with what that means. So sound.xyz, great place to start. Just familiarize yourself. Even if you're going on things like uh, ChatGPT or Google and just reading articles, mm-hmm. what is it? How do I get involved in it? We uh, did the world's first chart illegible um, NFT, which meant with H, um, who ended up being Madonna at number two. Um, <laughs> that was pretty significant, Yeah. <laughs> So that was significant because obviously (laughs) physical selling and older artists, they get a lot more sales in terms of what streaming translates to. So if you're using NFTs, it's actually um, adding you into the same value as those older artists, which is great. Think about what you want your community to stand for. I think as a lot of artists don't view themselves as a brand and they should, because if you can view yourself as a brand and you can disidentify, this is myself and when I shut off, this is who I am. My artist self is this person. 
And what do you want that brand to, um, or that community to mean? What is your values? What do you want it to represent? What do you, how do you want people to feel when they come to you? Identify that and build your community around that. If you don't know that and you're stuck on that, there's a really good book called The Buddha and the Badass by Vishen Lakhani. And it basically spiritually aligns you with your purpose and builds that business plan with you. And I thought that book was great and it makes you think really big and understand things like that. And my third tip would be be consistent and involve your community. So as I was saying, like, what song should I be putting out? Like, we, if we're thinking of doing a remix community, do you want to get involved? Does anyone want to submit? Uh, we're doing artwork. What are you What are you guys thinking to this? If you want to actually put yourself forward, here's the link, X, Y, and Z. So I think, like, as much as you can get them involved, they're going to rave about you. They're going to, word of mouth is really strong. They'll get more people involved. And when you have things like NFTs involved and the value of your NFTs are going up because of your community, your fan base is also benefiting because if they sold that, essentially you've become like a, a stock and a share, essentially. We are focused very much on artists at the start of their career. So I don't want to spend the whole podcast talking about your experience with H, but I think it would be useful to get a little <laughs> bit of an insight into what you got up to with him uh, summer last year, summer 2022, I think it was. And what did you guys do with H and NFTs? Yes. So a lot of um, people doing NFTs, they're not rolling them into their marketing campaign, which I used to work at Atlantic. So I found that quite strange because in my mind, when, an, uh, when something's coming out, you might as well roll everything in together and use it as an extra asset. So we worked with him um, on his close to home campaign. We created uh, 16 different NFTs. They had a mystery box of different prizes. You could go shopping with H, you could have lifetime concert tickets. You could have like all these uh, various different things like that, that made people feel uh, incentivized to get involved there was also a portion of those nfts that were eligible for chart counts so we partnered up with the official charts and we worked with capital records on this as well and so if you bought a, a chart bundle essentially an nft bundle you got an exclusive vinyl of the nft artwork or a cd and that added to chart count so that was a really pivotal way of how talent can use their nft campaigns to further their marketing assets in general so there's a lot of different benefits from that it, by just by doing it you added to the pr story you added juice yeah and you added juice <laughs> to the chart position and you were able yeah. to offer new experiences that you would get somewhere between not able to offer before it was very tricky to offer before this might be inappropriate. I'm going to contradict myself having like basically said, I don't want to spend the whole time talking about the famous artists, but we can learn a lot from them. This feels like a natural jumping off point to quickly talk about um, the Avenged Sevenfold news of the last um, week or two, because it's arguably one of the best case studies so far in the Web3 world of this technology being used to solve a headache. There's that old one-liner of a good idea is an aspirin, not a vitamin, in terms of solving pains rather than being a nice two extra. Avenged Sevenfold, who've already got, I think, 10,000 bat NFTs or something it's called, a couple of weeks ago in March 2023, announced that their show at Madison Square Garden, so just in case anyone doesn't realize, this is a band with <laughs> whose follower numbers on socials are in seven figures, whose monthly listeners on Spotify are in seven figures. This is a big artist. Yes, their lead singer, it does love Web3, so there's a bit of a bias there. They did a deal within it with Ticketmaster that meant Ticketmaster would initially only sell tickets to people who held one of their pre-existing NFTs. So Ticketmaster built in the technology. I'm kind of explaining this for the listener, Lucy. Obviously, this is obvious uh, stuff to you. They basically um, mirrored what Spotify had done a month or so before, where they created the um, opportunity for people to get unique experiences who followed certain artists if they already held the NFT. In certain places, I thought that was one of the really cute nuances. So like the fans, the super fans got put together and obviously at um, great prices. 
Yeah, so I think that's exactly how you should build your community. You've got the fans who have been the loyal fans and they've got the um, access. And essentially, that's what you want out of, like, if I'm a uh, an artist, um, I want my mega fans there. I want them getting all the opportunities. I don't want the ticket touts in. Arguably, with it being with Ticketmaster, there is a slight controversy in what I'm saying because obviously they're benefiting off of all of the secondary sales anyway. But what I um, I think that's great. I think that's a great um, use of um, utility as well, making them feel like to champion their brand even more so, right? Because now we see this everywhere. People want to get involved. They might not have been part of the community. Now they want to be and their friends are talking about it. So it's becoming... This is a band that, I mean, I was a fan of them when I was maybe 13, 14. So they've been going for a while. And I'm not really into this kind of music anymore. But, I mean, they're becoming more relevant again if they kind of went, if they dip down again. But what I would have said is NFT ticketing wasn't used as effectively as it could have been in this case. Because um, if you're, I, like, yes, they're being used as... Um, utilities and yes the nft holders are being involved but i don't believe they were done in nft tickets correct nfts were used for access yeah not the ticket um artists aren't benefiting from the secondary sales however if you'd have used nft ticketing then every time it was resold the artists benefit from the secondary sales the um the ticket price remains at because you when you sell your ticket you get 80 percent um value of the ticket regardless of if it sells or not it goes into a pool the ticket price remains steady you're still going to have that issue where Ticketmaster is the party that is benefiting the most from all the uh, secondary, third sales and whatever. And you're still going to have ticket tabs that are able to buy them. So I think if they'd have done it with that, it would have been the best use case for tech. But I think this is a really good continuation. And I think it's a really great utility and what um, NFT should be used for. So let's focus on the musicians we care about the most, the ones at the start of the career, rather than the ones who are already really famous, living the dream and playing Madison Square Gardens. <laughs> let's think a little bit ahead. Say summer 24, you'd like to be making a living from music. How can Web3 help that? So I've just worked with um, Quinn, um, who's a good friend of mine, actually, but I know you shot her yesterday. Yeah, Sam. she's great. Uh, <laughs> so um, Quinn, actually, we did a drop with her on sound last week. So she's a really great um, example of this. So um, Quinn has loads of music. Um, she previously was signed, um, but not kind of putting out the music she wanted to. Um, NFT, she's been watching for the last uh, year or so, really getting herself immersed, watching how the community uh, works and things like that. And then she did her drop. Um, so she sold 148 editions, which is great because a lot of, I think on average, people sell around 25 copies on um, on sound. Um, sound. Hasn't got like a huge, huge following. She's got like, a, so I'm sure a lot of artists would relate. It's like 150,000. She's got a good following, but it's not like huge amount that people would be like, oh, but that's not me kind of thing. So she sold 148. They were priced at 0.003 ETH, which was, it's probably translates to about $5. So the first drop, I think she's made around $800, which is great because that she can also put it on DSPs. Um, she's already started the community. And then every two weeks to four weeks, she can continue to drop and build that community. But for a starting point, that's great. And a lot of artists, I'm sure, can relate that kind of money from 148 sales is actually very good. The price can then go up. Part of her utilities, um, she's offered a meditation session with her. So she gets to meet and greet with her. Going to do a meditation for the first um, 10 uh, buyers. She has also got like goodie bags involved and things like that. But she just really wants to interact with her community, engage with her community. She's happy to meet them. She's happy 
to have that connection that just furthers her um, ability to grow. And so Sam's becoming more of a platform where you can use credit cards. And it's actually more about digital collect. I mean, a lot of the platforms are going down this angle now. It's not about getting people into Web3. It's meeting Web2 um, audience where they're at. So I think she's a really great example. I think I really think she will um, flourish in this. I mean, there's a lot of artists that have broken through um, on sound, like Spotty Wi-Fi. He's now doing um, collaborations with people like Snoop Dogg and things like that, Timberland. Um, and he's completely come from Web3. Um, caveat, your music does have to be good. It's <laughs> like <we're done. laughs> yeah. It's not about, um, oh, people aren't collecting it. It's, is the music good? Because these the audience and the community on places like sound, they're fans of music and they want to, to be there at the start of the, um, the artist's career. Yeah, Daniel Allen. These artists are now represented by like your CAAs, your WMEs. Their community really supports them. They're doing really well. They're making more money than probably they would have of a, um, a record label. But it is about remaining consistent and engaging with your community. If you do not have the time and energy to do that, Web3 is probably not for you. <laughs> Can we just explain what our CAAs and WMEs are? Because they, they sound like furniture stores. Yes, <laughs> booking agents. So they're the live booking agents. If you're doing shows, they'll book all your shows for you. They typically will look after you when you've kind of got a bit of a buzz going. Yeah. But yeah, I do brand deals, um, shows and things like that so, further on your proposition. So another example of, of profile has potentially been built via Web3. And then they've gone into web two, two and a half and done a conventional live agency deal with one of those entities like yeah. William Morris, who've got global footprints, which they can then, then they can bring in the money. We've, met, exactly. we've mentioned a, a beautifully diverse range of unique experiences opened up by this technology <laughs> from going shopping with H to uh, meditating with Quinn. Any other um, really unique things spring out that you've either seen and caught your eye or you think could be could be going down in summer 24. One thing I did see, and I, I kind of want to address as being maybe a bit out there, and I don't know if you saw Offset, this is like a year ago or so, mm. but he um, he did a whole PFP collection, and one of the utilities was you could win going to the moon with him. Um, <laughs> and I feel like, are you going to want someone that you have? I don't know how long it takes to go to the moon, but I would imagine <laughs> it's a month. Are you going to want someone you've never met and is potentially a really big fan of you to go with you 24 hours a day or wow. over a month? That was my number one. Number two, I'm sure that he did a partnership and was it was being paid for promo or X like that. But number three, a group like Migos, they will be making multi-millions a week. That is going to cost so much money for him to go to the moon for this utility. Is this ever going to happen? I think that's a classic example of don't promise things that are not going to happen, difficult to commit to, X, Y, and Z. I mean, like, I completely take my words back if he does it, but I will be very surprised. <laughs> okay. So, Sam, we need to drop the uh, idea for the Helping Musicians podcast, Trips and Mars in space. NFT. Oh, damn it. Just go for a closer Even one, though, yeah. You did promise me you were going to be Bezzy's with Elon by the end of the week. Yeah, I've heard he's, he's, he's away at the minute, unfortunately. <laughs> Um, okay, well, Lucy, something I think might be interesting is like if anyone's kind of as an artist at the beginning of their careers listening to this, they've got through this, they're kind of fascinated, they're intrigued by some of the both random and sexy numbers that we've talked about as well. Is there any way that you think someone, again, very, very talented, but is so new to this world, what's the perfect starting point? You know, the top three was kind of a like getting involved, but mm -hmm. do you, you know, is there one Twitter account? Is there one? 
YouTube series that you think is just the perfect entry point for someone that is like completely new to this world but does want to learn? I'd point back to sound again. Um, okay. I'm working with a company right now that is about to be incredible. Um, they're about to release, so keep an eye on Lockerverse. For now, I would say sound because they 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 do it the best. There are other platforms out there as well, but I think, yeah, they're really good at putting out content and things like that. Yeah. And they're really good at seeing um, how it all works. I don't really watch um, the YouTube series of like kind of how to get into, to be honest. Yeah. So I, I'm not great on that side of things. I mean, I follow like a lot of Instagram accounts like NFT Now and things like that. Yeah. I think it's not necessarily just for artists, but I think it's good for education on what is possible with the tech and what is being done and how blockchain can be used. Because essentially you kind of need to know what Web3 is in the first instance to understand <laughs> it. If you go on pages like NFT Now, I mean, even Wealth, I think they've got quite a lot of um, information there's metaverse with a three in it yeah. i think there's a lot of information out there i think probably if you do a youtube search you'll probably find um, some great information but if you look at the platforms that and actually i did a um a talk with klezma the other day and klezma did a whole i think it was a two hours but they were doing two hours for five days of the week all about music nfts getting involved mm. in the space and it was full-on presentations it was really informative Okay, so so Klezma is an, another um, good home to look at everything. What about fuck-ups? So apart from don't offer NFTs to the moon, have you got any <laughs> precise don'ts that you've kind of noticed over the last 12 months or so? I mean, I'm sure you're seeing everyone being sued at the moment. Um... <laughs> <laughs> okay, so don't offer something to the moon, trips to the moon. Don't do anything that's going to get you sued by the SEC. That's, the Amer that's basically the American Financial Police. So the whole reason we set up um, our agency, um, which was Cyber World, is now Fifth Horizon, is because there was so much tech companies or crypto entities coming in, going art to artists. You can make millions, promote this project. And there was no like sense of how you're going to affect the artist brand. There was no sense of uh, giving them any information about even what a rug pull was. So a lot of people went in naively and they were like, yeah, cool, I'm into this, blah, blah, blah. And yes, they were getting payments for it. And yes, they should have. They needed to say, yes, I'm being. I'm, I acknowledge I'm being paid for this, and they didn't. And that's why they're getting sued. So yeah, just be very careful and and do your research because you could end up working with a project that actually doesn't have your best intentions or your brand at the heart of it, and um, that will backfire on you and not them. Like, because their project might be gone in a in a while, but your entity will be deeply affected affected by that. So just. Be mindful that it's not quick money, it's not cash grabs. Your brand is here to stay and you need to make moves um, in line with that. Yeah, I think our musicians with 112 followers probably aren't getting approached by Sam Bankman-Fried <laughs> too, too much. Okay, if you're, if you're talking about 112 followers kind of uh, levels, just engage in the communities, get involved in these communities, consistently be there, consist consistently be interacting in twitter spaces build up your name and your brand on twitter that's what a lot of these artists have done and um you're you're going to get those kind of people collecting with you i mean sa again sound like um even if your music is good people will collect it and you just need to keep fostering and keep dropping and keeping consistency so in terms of relatable examples who do you know that's quite successful in the web3 world that you have seen build from basically the ground floor so people like daniel allen yeah, I mean, they might have gotten in, in the bull run in an earlier time, but it's still the same messaging. It's still they built up the community. Um, it's still they sat there and they put in the work and they consistently interacted and, and really just essentially just got involved and became friends with their with their audience. And that's the main thing about Web3 and NFTs. They want to be friends and support um, artists. Yeah, so my, Daniel, who's just done this $1 million deal, 
Well, he's got to that point, hasn't he? <laughs> but he started with Twitter number followers that were in the hundreds, and he built all the way to that. So he's a great example of a relatable example. Yeah, I, be- I, I, be- I believe he did. Yeah. Like, I'm not 100%. I, no, I think he did, it. yeah. Um, and that's one of the things we try and share with our listeners the most is are those re- examples they can relate to who sometimes now are quite well known. And so by sharing the story that got them there, that is what is inspiring. That's what you can learn from. Um, so I think Daniel is probably one of the best examples to learn from. Exactly. So Lucy, in a second, we're going to round us up by asking the question we ask everyone, which is what's the piece of new music that you're loving right now? So just to s- subconsciously filter that in. What's actually this final, final question, which is obviously so much of what we spoke about here is like building community in the Web3 space. So much of it is taking advantage of this new music tech. Just taking a step away from that world and just the fact you've worked with a bunch of artists, helping them grow their brand more generally, their music more generally. Outside of that space, is there anything that you think is really, really important to just help a musician grow? Like, and I'm really curious what the first thing that you think about is, you know, obviously some people jump straight to just learn TikTok like the back of your hand. Some people it's like, it's still community. It's just outside of Web3, just like Discord it up. Like, what do you think, if you pretend Web3 and NFTs don't exist just for one second, what in your opinion is the most important thing that an artist should be focusing on, assuming they're good? Consistency, network. I know it's easy to say, go to as many events as possible, but getting to the events in the first place may be difficult, but follow people on Instagram, interact with them, Hmm. go on, whether it's LinkedIn, just try and get advice, ask, ask for mentors um just try and network as hard as you can anyone you know in the music industry just try and get um two people and to just really interact and integrate yourself as much as possible i'm sure some of your listeners are not from london as well so i know that can be difficult because london is definitely a hub of getting there but yeah i i was i got into the music industry i didn't know anyone in the music industry it was literally about network 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 doing like loads of running jobs asking if i can make tea for people (laughs) Um, and even you might be an artist and you might think that making tea is beneath you but at the end of the day it's going to get you in the door for the right people and to have that right network because network in any business is everything creating your own brand and your own brand voice what do you stand for what don't you want to stand for what collaborations do you want to do what don't you want to do make yourself a business plan build yourself into a brand don't think of yourself as I am the artist and I am me like that's one person it's not that will be where you, you need to develop thick skin. So if you can disidentify and that's your brand, you're going to find things significantly easier. Do anything and everything you can to get in the room. Nothing is beneath you. Just don't have an ego and just be friendly and go in there and, and um, show people who you are. Love that. Well, I already pre-saw the final question, Lucy. As new music lovers, passionate new music fans, as we record this on the 3rd of April, geez, uh, what piece of new music are you loving right now? Black, since I had a lover. I'm obsessed. Ooh, is that single or, or album? No, album, and it's so good. Ooh. And um, yeah, no, so good. And um, obviously, Quinn, thinking of you too. That's what we dropped on sound. I love that song as well. Love to see it like a pro. She had that ready as well. She was really. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you for your time, Lucy. Um, obviously, one of the really good things that's come out of the show, I think, is if a listener has enjoyed this and found value from it, we've also shouted out a lot of places they can go to learn more. So. We'll link all of those in the description if, uh, listener, as you hear these wonderful words, go check the description for links off to all of those places. Lucy, thank you so, so, so much for your time. Excited to see what you do next. Amazing. Thank you so much.